Amen. Hey, so we are, I'm actually concluding this series. I know I haven't spoken the last couple of weeks because we had a missionary, then we had our uh, service last week. How many of you, if you made it last week, that was a good service. God, we had Dennis Gaxiola, and uh, listen, you can watch it online, but you missed the comedy part, so, uh, uh, well, he still had it in the service, but this is the last time I'm going to be able to say this title, but Jesus said, yeah, see, I know you guys would say it. So we've been talking about the commands of Christ and how they apply to your life. So uh, I think most of you, if you don't know, our daughter-in-law had our third grandchild a week ago yesterday. And, uh, and he is here today. They got out of the hospital on Thursday. So I always, when I was younger, I'd always hear these older pastors talk grandparent stories all the time. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. But you know what? I got to do that. So, I mean, you just got to do that. And, I don't, and so it was appropriate, especially for today's message, because as I was holding little Judah, he is like completely 100% uh, dependent on people right now. I mean, at a week old, he can't feed himself, he can't change his diaper, all of that stuff, he is 100% dependent, but my other two grandkids remind me on a regular basis at three and four years old that they are becoming more and more independent. How many of you know that happens as they go, and that's supposed to happen, absolutely, Uh, but one thing that surprises me, how they feel like they are convinced they can do some things that they, I know they can't do. Right? How many of you know there's some, it's like, oh, I, like they're carrying in the groceries. They want to carry a bag. And I'm like, I know you can't carry this. So here's the loaf of bread. And we give them that because they can carry that. And, uh, uh, I don't know what it was a month or two back. Uh, they were at our house. Levi needed to wash his hands in our front bathroom. We have a little kid's step, but he's still too short to stand on that and actually turn the water faucet on. And he's like, I need to wash my hands. I'm like, I'll come and help you. And he's like, no, I got it. (laughs) How many of you remember hearing that from your kids, right? I got it. And I'm like, no, I know you need a little help. He's like, I can do it. He gets insistent about it. And I'm like, well, go ahead then, you know, I'll let you do it. So he goes in there and a little bit later, I hear the water running. I'm like, apparently he's grown. He can do it now. And uh, as he said, he washed his hand, heard the water go off, and all of a sudden, I just made up this word. It's called scrying. You guys know what that is? That's a scream and a cry at the same time. So uh, all of a sudden, he's in there crying, and I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. I went into the bathroom, and he's up on the counter. He had managed to climb onto the toilet, onto the counter to wash his hands. So he figured that part out. He didn't figure out how to get back down. And he needed a little bit of help right there. I'm like, do you need some help now? He's like, yes, I need down as he's crying. So uh, it makes me wonder, what in the world's wrong with toddlers? They insist on doing things that they can't do, uh, but they're striving in that. All of the while, they have either good parents or grandparents that are there, and we're ready to help, and yet they refuse it. They refuse it. I'm determined. I'm going to do this all by myself. And then I started thinking, who would do such a thing? And then I realized, uh, wait a minute, I think we all do that sometimes. Am I right? All of us do that. We, fa- we find ourselves in situations that, 
that, that are too difficult for us or, you know, we just can't figure it out. We've tried other ways to do it and, and we just keep bumping our head against the same thing. And at the same time, we have a Heavenly Father that has unlimited power, unlimited resources, unlimited wisdom, and He's right there to help. How many of you believe God's ready to help at any time? I mean, this is one of the requirements of faith out of Hebrews eleven six, as it's impossible to please God without faith, anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. A lot of people believe that God exists, but do we believe that he rewards those who sincerely seek him? Not everybody believes that. They're like, okay, yeah, I believe in God. God is a rewarder of those. He's there waiting to help us, reward us, get us through the difficulties. All he's waiting on you and I is to call on him. We just got to learn to call on him. So uh, what we do is kind of like my grandson. We look up to God in heaven and like, no, daddy, I got this. I know I'm in a situation. I know I don't know how to figure it out. I know it's too big for me, but I'm going to do it like we have something to prove. A lot of t- I don't know what we have to prove, but uh, we feel like we can do it on our own. We don't need God's help. We don't need anybody else's help. And, and I started thinking maybe that's that American independence that we have. I'm an American. I'm independent. I'm going to do it. But the reality, it predates uh, our American independence. It goes back to our human sinful nature, doesn't it? Because if you go all the way back into Genesis, remember what the serpent said to Adam and Eve? He says, if you'll eat this, you'll be like who? Yeah, you'll be like God. If you'll do this, if you'll just step out, and that appealed to them, ooh, I can be like God. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Basically what that's saying is that if we're like God, then we don't really need God. Isn't that true? Like, like, think about superheroes if you were in that universe that doesn't exist, but uh, in case some people actually think it really does, but if there, was, if there was a real Superman and somebody said, hey, listen, if you'll just eat this, you'll be just like Superman, how many of you realize, I don't need Superman anymore because I am him? That's kind of what happened with Adam and Eve. I don't need God. How many of you, did that work out well for them? No, it didn't, and it didn't work out well for us. How many of you know we're still paying the consequence of that? All right, we're still suffering. So I, I want you to understand that asking for help is not a sign of weakness, even though some people think it is. It's actually a sign of wisdom. And if you think about it, if somebody's drowning out in the ocean or river or wherever, and their hands are up and they're flailing, they're basically saying, listen, I can't handle this on my own. I need some help. Call for If you bob your head up, help, right? You're crying for it. That's a sign of wisdom right there. To uh, not do it and to think that you can handle it on your own when you're drowning, how many of you know that's not a sign of wisdom? Kind of like an experience that I went to through many years ago when I was only 20 years old. I was in Bible college and we were taking a mission trip to the Philippines. Uh, and let me just emphasize, I was 20 years old. And those of you that understand the brain the reasoning function does not finish developing until you're 25. So I was 20 years old with an undeveloped brain, thinking that I had this. Anyway, we land. I just want to put that out first. We were going to the Philippines. We landed in Hawaii. We were staying the night, and they took us to the beach. 
And uh, I want you to understand, I grew up in West Texas. I grew up in the desert. Uh, there were no beaches. And the closest thing was a, a reservoir that was a two-hour drive. So I'm like, cool, we're at the beach. But the only problem is, is that we're fully clothed with jeans and whatever shirt that I happen to have on. And, uh, but we're going to go in the ocean. Now, let me just preface this. A couple of things that I didn't know at the time. Number one, blue jeans, when they're wet, they anchor your body down. Right? You guys know that. How many of you have gotten in the water with jeans on? It's like all, you go from weighing maybe 150 pounds to 350 pounds. That's what it feels like. And the secondly, because I grew up in a desert, never ever heard of this thing called a riptide before. All right? Didn't know exactly what it was, so we're out there swimming. You know, the, the, there was only about seven or eight of us that went in fully clothed. The rest of them were smart and stayed on the shore. And uh, I'm out there in the water. All of a sudden, I realize, why did everybody move so far down the beach? Right? And then I realized it wasn't them that moved. It was me drifting down. And I was getting further, not further down only, but I started getting a little bit further out. And I started to panic a little bit, but you know what? Because my brain was not fully developed, guess what? I did not cry out for any help. I felt like I'm in trouble here, so I started reasoning. I'm trying to swim with wet jeans on. It's not doing so great, and I realized, well, I could take these things off and I could make it, but there's no way I'm taking my jeans off and walking up on the beach in my underwear. All right? I had too much pride for that, and, and little did I realize if I would have tried to take them off when they were soaking wet, I would have probably drowned right there anyway, so thank God I didn't do that. So I'm like barely touching the ground. I feel myself drifting further, and I don't know why. My toes are just barely touching the ground. I did ask God for help, but here's my selfish prayer. I'm like, God, help me not to drown because that's sure going to ruin the mission trip for everybody else. Uh, and so I'm out there, I'm barely tiptoeing. Little did I realize I must have gone sideways long enough that I got out of the riptide, slowly got back up onto shore. I didn't tell a soul about what I, that I almost died out there in the ocean. I was too prideful for that. I wasn't going to tell anyone, but let me just say, God was merciful. I made it. And one thing that I have learned over the years, that it is okay. It's actually a good thing to ask for help. Amen. How many of you agree with that? And as children of God, God expects us to ask for help. It's not just a suggestion. He really, it's, I believe that it's a command. And so as we're covering this last series on, on the things that Jesus said, listen, if you've missed any of the weeks, I want to encourage you. You can go back and we talked about forgiveness. We talked about uh, uh, judging others, taking up our cross. We had a missionary a couple of weeks ago talking about the Great Commission. Uh, but today I want to end with, uh, the, the, it's in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse 7. And uh, he tells his disciples, he tells his followers in this sermon, Ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks the door will be opened. And we've read this, we've heard that, and uh, this is especially important for us when we find ourselves in a place where we're in need. Whenever you're in need. Anybody ever find yourself in a place of need? Maybe you need wisdom, maybe you need help, maybe you need healing, whatever it is. Maybe you're, you're having issues at work. Nobody ever has that, right? Whether with a boss, a fellow employee, or a, uh, or a 
just a coworker that you have. Sometimes we need God's intervention in that. Like there's a constant struggle going on. Maybe you have a kid in school and they're being bullied. Maybe you're having a problem with a teacher. And you're like, Lord, I don't even know what to do. How many of you know you need God's help in those situations? You need God's wisdom. If you get in a deep financial hole uh, and you're like, I can't even make ends meet. They're not even close. How many of you realize with our economy, the ends keep getting further and further apart? And you're like, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? We need God's help in that situation. Whether it's relationships with friends, a spouse, whatever, health issues. Listen, I could go on and on about ways that we need God's help, right? Probably didn't cover yours, but maybe I did. Here's the reality. On our own, we're kind of helpless. Like God, we're kind of like, where's he at? I saw him come in there. We're kind of like Judah right there. We're just laying, I can't do this on my own. I need someone to feed me. I need you to help me, God. We need God. Aren't you thankful that God is there for us? He said that he would never leave us. He said that even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, guess what? God is here with us. Even when there's death all around and nothing looks like it's going to work out, God has promised to be there with us. Amen? So as we go through this verse that we've probably read hundreds of times, I want to break it down and let's look at different aspects of it. So first part, I want to talk about ask and it will be given to you. And I know that sounds really basic, right? Well, duh. You know, the scripture says you have not because you... See, you guys know that. You have not because you ask not. How many of you know God expects us to ask? Does God know what you already need before you ask? Absolutely. Well, let's go back to the kids thing. What do we teach our kids? Do we teach them to, you know, hold up a cup if they want some water and grunt at us? Do you give it to them if they do that? What do we tell them to do? Use your words, right? Ask, use your words. Yes, God already knows, and we usually know what our kids want, but it's like we're not raising cavemen, is that right? So grunts don't work. God's not raising cavemen either. We've got to actually ask. He tells us to do that, and I know that sounds really basic. Jesus is telling them this, but what we don't realize, because we're not first century Jews, is that when Jesus said that, that was very revolutionary, That was a very bold thing to say that you can ask God because nobody thought that they could actually ask God for anything. Because if you read the Old Testament, if they wanted to inquire of the Lord, what did they do? They went to a priest or they went to a prophet. And they would say, hey, inquire of the Lord. They didn't have access into God's throne room like you and I do. You know, the scripture says because of the blood of Christ, we, have, we can boldly enter into God's presence. We take that from granted, but when Jesus was saying that, they're like, wait a minute, I can go into God's presence? I don't got to go to a priest? I don't got to go to a prophet to inquire the Lord? I can go right in myself? So that's, that's an exciting thought right there. I can, we get to go right in. We can ask. We don't have to go through any saint. We don't have to go through uh, any other person. You don't have to. I mean, I will pray for you. Other people will pray for you. But how many of you know you've got the same access that anybody else has? Amen? That's because of the blood of Christ. So here's the, here's the reality. Uh, we have to ask. Oh, I didn't put that up there, did we? That's number one in your notes. To receive God's help, we've got to actually ask. And asking is an admission of need. 
God, I have a need. I have a question. Uh, I, there's things that I don't know. I, I'm in a situation and I don't know which way to go, Lord. We hit those situations all the time. And there's a lot of situations that aren't clear in the Bible. Say you get offered two different jobs. Both of them look pretty good. And you're like, you can't turn into the Bible and say, oh, God says to take this one. No, it's like, okay, God, I need your wisdom. I'm asking you which one is the right way for me to take. And so there's a lot of things that aren't in Scripture that we just need to ask God and say, God, which way do I go? Which direction do I take? Because we don't have the answer. We ask because we don't, I don't want to have to make things happen on my own because that never works out well. Anybody ever experienced that? But what I have found in this life is that there's a lot of people that refuse to ask help from anybody and not even from God. They're determined, I'm going to do it on my own, just like my grandson, I got this. I'm going to do it. And there's so many different reasons why. I'm not going to be able to list all of them, but I wanted to cover a few of them and uh, just see if any of this happens to hit home with any of you. Uh, Number one, one reason that people don't ask for help is pride. That's classic. That's the reason I didn't wave my arms when I'm drowning in the ocean is I had that pride, I figured, you know what? I would rather drown in this ocean than ask for help. All right? How many of you know some people would rather be lost than ask somebody for directions? Come on, raise your hand. I see a couple hands there. Some people would rather put something together inaccurately than actually read the instructions. Right? That's pride. That's like, oh, I got this. I don't need that. I'm going to do it myself. And, uh, you know, we've got to move past that, humble ourselves and say, it's okay to ask for help. So pride is one reason. Another one is a fear of rejection. Maybe you're afraid to ask because you think, man, you know what? If I ask, nobody's going to actually respond. Nobody's going to come. Nobody's going to answer. God probably won't even answer. And so because if you've ever dealt with a rejection in your life, how many of you know you don't want to put yourself in a position where you may be rejected again? And so a lot of times people, well, I'm not going to ask. They're probably going to say no anyway, so I'm just not going to do it. I don't want to feel those emotions anymore. Another reason people don't ask is just a negative experience. This has probably happened way too many times. You finally open up to somebody, ask for a little help, and then all of a sudden it backfires on you, and they use that information, that place of need where you were vulnerable, and they use it against you. Right? They use it as gossip. They use it as something else, and you're like, I'm not doing that ever again. Never going to ask anybody for anything. I'm just keeping to myself, just me and God. We're going to do it like that. Uh, another reason is low self-esteem. If your self-esteem is so low and you don't feel like you're even worthy of getting any help, God, no, no, I'm not going to bother anybody. I'm not worth it. Uh, I just don't deserve it. That happens to a lot of people. Another one is a lack of knowledge. And I really understand this. It's like maybe you don't know what to ask for. You don't even know how to ask for it because you never had a healthy way that that was modeled in your life. How many of you know uh, a lot of people ask for help by manipulating? You realize that's not a good way, right? And a lot of times when we've seen that growing up, we're like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And so I don't really even know how to ask. I don't even know what to do. But you don't want to step out because you don't want to be the manipulator that you were used to, right? So a lack of knowledge, a lack of relationship. Uh, This is huge right here. Can I just say, this is probably one of the biggest reasons that a lot of people don't get help, is that they're isolated. 
They don't really have any meaningful relationships. There's a lot of people that want, they desperately need help, but they don't have anybody to turn to because they never invested in any relationship. And yes, I'm going to put a plug. That's why we keep talking about life groups around here. It's so important, not just because we want to put something else in your schedule for you to do, but because that's where you're going to develop real relationships. And so, yes, I'm going to put a plug in because I believe tonight, are you guys meeting? Yeah. So David and Christina, can you guys raise your hand right there in rescue? If you're not a part of a group tonight in rescue, uh, get with David and Christina because there's a group of people. How many of you know life together, if you can find seven or eight friends that you can get close to, that makes life much easier. But when you're isolated, maybe you see them on Sunday, we give you a high five, drink a, you know, cheers with your coffee or whatever it is. That's not a relationship. We've got to get in. Uh, if you don't want to drive, and I know it's going to get dark at five o'clock tonight, so a lot of people don't like driving, but Bob and Marilyn are meeting on Tuesdays here at 10 o'clock, so raise your hand. They're back there in the back. Uh, they're on Tuesdays right here. Uh, come at 10 o'clock and start building some of those relationships. Are you guys meeting this week? Yeah. Oh, y'all meeting this week? Okay. On Tuesday night, if you happen to be in Pollock Pines area or or Camino or any of that at James and Robin's uh, house up in Pollock Pines, so raise your your hand. James is back there on the computer, but Robin's right there. That's a group you can get connected to. And, uh, you know, you don't have to drive all the way down to here. So that's this Tuesday as well. This Friday, our young adults are meeting at... uh, Anyway, Joshua's right there, or you can get with Timothy and Heather. So Joshua and Heather, Timothy and Stephanie. Anyway, let me get... I'm just putting that out there. Listen, it is so... Ours got messed up because of power outage this past Friday. But anyway, get a part of a small group. Because listen to me, if you listen to anything, if you don't build good relationships with good people during the good times, can I tell you when the bad times hit, you're going to have nobody to turn to. Isn't that true? I got to do it now. Oh, things are good. I'm good. A lot of times people are like, I'm good. I don't need anything. I'm good right now. And then all of a sudden, they don't build relationships with anybody. All of a sudden, difficulty hits. And let me just say this. It hits everybody. It's going to hit. And if you've not invested in any kind of relationship with anybody else, you're going to be out there like, I have nobody to call. I've got nobody to to get a hold of. So uh, uh, build relationships. And then the last one is fear of looking weak. We're afraid, you know, especially men, right? Oh, I don't want to look weak. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this all by myself. Can I just say this? Even if looking or asking for help makes you look weak, do you realize that's not a bad thing? Look at what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians. He said, uh, but he, talking about God, said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness and insult and hardship and persecution and difficulty. For when I am weak, what happens? Right. Isn't that so countercultural to what the world says? Be strong. Buck up. You know what? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You can do this. No. Hey, listen. Admit that you're weak. Admitting weakness is a good thing. It's healthy, and it keeps you humble. All right? That's a good place to be. Uh, How many of you know even Superman acknowledged his weakness? All right? What was his weakness? Kryptonite. Kryptonite, right? So 
We need to be okay with admitting those things. Uh, another reason that I thought about this morning, I didn't have it in my notes, but sometimes people don't ask for help because they don't want to bother anybody else. All right. Oh, I saw a lot of heads right there. I don't want to be a burden on anybody else. I don't want to impose my problems. You got enough problems. I don't want to add to that. Uh, how many of you realize the scripture tells us that we are to bear one another's? And so people that have that attitude, they're more than willing to help you bear your burden, but they don't want anybody to there. I'm going to carry mine. Listen, that backs up to pride again, doesn't it? Yeah, we've got, to, uh, we've got to be willing to allow other people into our lives, build those relationships, admit, simply admitting God, God, I need you, and, and asking in prayer, God, I need you. That's, I, I need you in my life. I need you in this situation. And, and again, I know prayer is hard for some people. Because after you hear somebody pray that really knows how to pray well, and they put all those words together, and they got all of that, uh, anybody, let's be honest here, anybody ever been uh, a little intimidated by somebody else's prayer? All right? I mean, that, I, let's just be honest that. Like, wow, man, that was, like somebody, I've heard some prayers that at the end of it, I just want to give them a hand clap, like, man, that was great. <laughs> That was awesome. Man, the way you put those words together, especially when I was really young in the Lord, I'm like, man, there's no way I'm going to measure up. Let me write that down. That was a good one, right? Let me, oh man, that was a good one too. So uh, uh, let me just tell you this. There is no key in prayer. You don't have to pray in old King James English, right? You don't have to have these and thous all in your prayer language. Uh, uh, whether you realize it or not, God is not up in heaven grading prayers, like, whoo, man, that was, hey, Jesus, did you hear that one? That was so, they had eight these and 2,000 that right there. That was impressive. You know what? I'm going to answer that prayer. But this other guy over here, man, that's weak, you know. Not going to, you know, that's like a 2.4 on, on a scale of 1 to 10. How many of you know God doesn't do that? Prayer is not a competition. A good prayer that is so easy to pray, one word, four letters, is I heard it. Help. Just asking God, God, I'm in a situation. I need your help. Can we practice that one? Help. Think of, now, let me just say, think about a situation in your life that you need God's help. You don't have to blurt it out loud. You don't have to tell anybody else. But after you're thinking about it, just look up to God and say, God, help. Help, Lord. How many of you know God hears that? You're like, but that, if you want to make it a little more spiritual, helpeth. All right? Just add, that, just add a little King James to it right there. No, it, it doesn't matter. Listen, just asking him, that is the beginning, having that conversation with God. Once I begin to ask, there's another step that Jesus goes on, and he says, to seek and you will find. So uh, to receive God's help, we've got to seek. And, and seeking is a little bit different than asking, isn't it? Because when you seek for something, that means you're on a mission. Maybe there's a hunger. I'm, I'm wanting something. There's a willingness in you to do whatever it takes to get the answer or to get the victory. You know, we were singing this song earlier, I'm going to see a victory. How many of you know that doesn't happen while you sit on your backside with your arms folded? Right? To seek means implies that there's some kind of action that is required. Now, I'm just going to confess, I've been notorious about misplacing my keys. Anybody else? 
Come on. Keys, wallet, uh, cell phone, brain, whatever it is. It's like, oh, yeah. Uh, I've, and let me tell you, my wife has learned over... First of all, I will ask, have you seen my keys? So there's my asking, and she'll say, no, I haven't. And then all of a sudden, I shift from asking mode into seeking mode. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I, I, and she just kind of backs off. She, she doesn't, well, used to, like, well, do you know where you last put them, right? And we all know that. If you knew where you last put them, I, they wouldn't be lost, right? <laughs> so she doesn't, have you thought about here? Have you thought, she doesn't do any of that. She just backs off because she's like, my husband's in seeking mode, and I go through everything. I, 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 I find them. I always find them. But it's a process. I have to seek for it in order to find it. Uh, how many of you remember the game Hide and Seek? Of course you do. Right? It's not like, you know, it's kind of funny playing it with a two and a three or a three and a four-year-old because it's like, oh, there you are. You know, I see your feet sticking out underneath the curtain, right? Uh, but when you get a little bit older, you get a little more creative in your hiding. And it's not like, okay, hide and seek, open up. You gotta actually look. That's, you know, getting in there. What about if you're driving a long way on the road and maybe you feel a little bit of hunger, like, oh, I could eat something. And maybe you tell whoever's driving with you, hey, listen, if we happen to see something along the road, let's stop and get something. How many of you know that is not seeking? That's not really going out. But when you've been on the road and you're hung, your stomach is doing flips and it's going, you're like, oh, I got to eat something. And you're pulling, yeah, hey, pull out the, find something to eat. Well, the next city's not till another hour away. We're not going to have anything. And then all of a sudden you see a sign that says like a burger stand 10 miles that way. You're like, oh, that's 10 miles out of my way. And then 10 miles back to get where I'm at. But when you're seeking, when you're really hungry, when you want it, it's like, guess what? We're going 10 miles. <laughs> and when you get there, you find out that it's a burger shack. And you're like, oh, Lord, how many of you realize if you've ever been to those, it's either going to be the best burger you ever had or it's going to be the one that you look at and you're like, oh, God, you said nothing poisonous would harm me, Lord. So, And you eat it anyway, right, because you are on a mission. That's what seeking is. God, I will go out of my way. I will take a detour in my life because of whatever this situation is. I'm seeking it. Let me say, that's why I love our Thursday night prayer. Our, our people that come Thursday night prayer. Listen, it's at 7 o'clock on Thursday night. Is that um, not a good time for anybody? Probably a lot of people. But you know what? I love it because when they that come, it's like we're seeking not just for answers for our personal life. Listen, those that come, I know the needs that are in their life because we pray about it on a regular basis. And that's a good thing. But not only that, we're praying for a move of God in our church. Amen. We're praying for a move of God in our county, in our state. And uh, listen, I'm willing to go out of my way in order to see a move of God. If we just pray, oh God, I'd sure like to see you move, but there's no seeking involved, God is waiting for us to take that next step. God is saying, how much do you really want it? How hungry are you really for a move of God in your life? How hungry are you really for a move of God in our state? How many of you know our state and our country is in trouble? And most of the time, we're like, oh, yeah, just a passing thought. Oh, God, help our governor. God, help this. Man, we've got to step past the asking. We've got to move into the seeking part. 
Amen? We've got to begin to cry out to God and, and realize that we're serious about this. Listen, I remember a story. This was years ago. We were in uh, Texas pastoring, and uh, my daughter, she was, uh, she was a go-getter. She was passionate. We had an altar call for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and uh, she was fired up. She asked this one friend of hers, she's like, hey, listen, you want to go to the altar? I'll pray with you so that you can receive the, uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and the girl goes... I guess so. <laughs> Walked up, and guess what? Nothing happened, right? Because there was no hunger. It was like, eh, you know, God, if you got time, go ahead and throw it my way. But if not, I'm good anyway. Listen, we've got to move past that. We've got to be hungry for the things of God. We've got to be willing. Listen, if you need a job, don't just sit back and say, oh, God, give me a job. And sit back and play your video games or watch TV. How many of you know you got to actually seeking requires you to get up, go fill out some applications, submit some resumes, and say, God, direct me to the right place. Amen. If you've got broken relationship in your life and you're like, oh, God, I pray that you'll restore that relationship uh, and, and expect that other person to do all the work. How many of you know if you're praying that there's something that you need to do? Maybe you need to make a call. Maybe you need a text message. Maybe you need to send them a card or a gift or something. We can't keep waiting for somebody else to do it. Right? If you're dealing with addictions or whatever it is, don't just say, oh God, deliver me from this and just expect things to go away. You've got to do something. You've got to be proactive. I remember, I like telling stories of where I used to go, so uh, one day I'll tell stories here, but uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, we had, my wife had a friend, we were back in Colorado, and her name was Juanita. Her mom wanted to quit smoking cigarettes. She's like, I don't like the way I smell. I don't like paying the price of that. And she's like, I need, I need help stopping. And so Juanita prayed for her. I'm going to pray that God will help you. And uh, that was late at night. They went to bed. She goes, I woke up the next morning, and I see my mom in the silhouette in the doorway with a cigarette in her hand. And she said, Juanita, it didn't work. She thought it was just going to drop like that. Now, God can do that, but how many of you know there's a process? You've got to really want it. You can't just like, eh, you know what? I expected everything just to happen. No, there's a seeking process that has to happen. God desires to answer our prayer, but guess what? He wants us to seek Him. He wants us to seek His presence, His will, His plan for your life, all of that. Amen? Let's move on. See, ask and it'll be given, seeking you'll find, knock and the door will be open to you. So that's number three, to receive God's help, we've got to actually knock. All right, you guys got soft pews around here, but that knocking, here's the thing, you got to kind of think about this because uh, knocking is a part of this equation because sometimes there is a barrier between you and the answer that, God, that you're seeking. That's what a door is. It's like, hey, listen, i got to get through this door. And what happens when you knock at a door, what do you usually have to do after you knock? Yeah, you got to wait, right? you got to wait for somebody on the inside to come to the door and actually answer that. And if they're way back in the back of the house, uh, guess what? That wait may be a while, right? And, and not only that, maybe they didn't even hear your knock. you got to keep knocking on it, don't you? And uh, that's what we have to do. We don't really like this aspect of prayer because how many of you realize we don't like to wait? Does anybody love waiting? Right? No, none of us like waiting, especially not in our world. Nobody gets excited about it. What about going into a waiting room? All right, like going to the waiting, uh, the waiting area at the DMV. Does anybody enjoy that? 
Like you go pull the ticket and you're number 98 and they just called number 12. And you're like, oh God. <laughs> I mean, even if you had 13, how many of you know it's still going to take them a half hour to go from 12 to 13, right? So uh, if anybody works at DMV, I'm sorry, but I'm just telling the truth. So uh, we, don't like waiting, we, don't, we don't like waiting in line. Isn't that horrible? You're waiting in a line. Like if you tell your kid, hey, listen, we're going to go to this amusement park. You know what? They get excited about the roller coasters, the merry-go-rounds, uh, the cotton candy, whatever it is. You never hear any kids say, oh, man, we get to go to an amusement park, and I get to wait 45 minutes in a line for a three-minute ride. <laughs> they don't get excited about that, do they? They endure it, but they don't like it. Nobody likes it. We like getting what we want. When we want, how we want. I mean, our culture is very instant, is it not? I mean, remember, those of you, how many of you remember dial-up internet? Wasn't that horrible? We get an attitude now if it takes three seconds to load up on our screen. What is going on? Three seconds, come on, I'm getting tired of this. So, uh, listen, when we have to wait, sometimes we can begin to lose hope. Like, all right, God, you know what? I asked for this on Thursday, and it's, uh, it's Tuesday now, and I haven't gotten the answer yet. I guess you just don't love me anymore. I guess you're not going to come through anymore. Maybe you've forgotten about, maybe I did something wrong, and now, God, you're not listening to me. Can I tell you, that is not the case. That is not the case. Hebrews 13.5 reminds us that God will never leave us, and he'll never forsake us. How many of you know never means never? Right? He is there with you. And I believe somebody needs to hear that. Maybe you've been praying about something for a long time and you're like, God just doesn't hear me. I want to tell you, God is still with you. God is still with you. Amen? The reason that waiting process, man, there could be all kinds of things, but I believe mainly it's God's doing something in us to get us ready for that answer. Maybe you're not ready spiritually for what God wants to do in your life, so that process is going on. I mean, think about this. If God gave you what you wanted, when you wanted, how you wanted it, then we would treat God simply like Santa Claus. All right, God. I mean, no relationship whatsoever. God, I want this, and I want that, and I want that, and I want it now. All right? Deliver it to me. God doesn't... How many of you know kids don't even have a relationship with Santa Claus? You realize that, right? The only time they care about Santa Claus is when they can give their list to Santa Claus. Like, I've never heard, you know, everybody writes their notes to Santa Claus. You never hear him calling on Santa's birthday, do you? Like, hey, happy birthday, Santa. Hope you're having a good day. Nobody asks him in uh, uh, summer, hey, what's you up this summer, Santa? What are you doing? How's things going? They don't care about Santa Claus other than what he can give them. And a lot of times, that's the same way you, we can be towards God. God, I, I, this is my need. I need it, and I need it right now. Listen, God is trying to build relationship. He's trying to build patience in us. He's trying to prepare us spiritually. So sometimes those doors are there for a reason, and we've got to learn to keep knocking on that door and waiting on God. Amen? Amen? Waiting for Him. So uh, what do we do? When we're, when we're knocking, what do we do? And I know I've heard a lot of people say, you know what, and, and maybe you've been taught this. All you got to do is ask once, because if you ask more than once, then uh, that, does, that indicates you don't have faith. How many of you know that's not what this scripture talks about? If you look at the original language, I like it out of the New Living Translation. It says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and that door 
will be open. So in the original language, this is a, it's called a present imperative tense verb, which means that we've got to, it's a continuous action that goes on. It's not just a one time, well, I asked and it didn't happen. I knocked and nobody answered the door. No, it's something that happens that we got to keep asking, right? We got to keep seeking. We got to keep knocking. There's a parable that Jesus told. Sometimes it's called the persistent widow. Sometimes it's called the, the unjust judge. But this woman kept knocking, kept knocking, kept knocking. And this uh, evil judge says, you know what? This woman's wearing me out with her knocking. I'm going to give up, get up and give her what she wants. And then Jesus said these words. He says, when I come back, Will I find this kind of faith on this earth? How many of you know God is looking for the kind of faith that keeps asking? You cannot, let me tell you, your kids may bug you to death about asking about the same thing over and over again, but how many of you know God is not tired of it? Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. What we don't realize in that process is there is a spiritual battle that is going on. We don't see it with our eyes. How many of you know we don't see? I mean, the scripture talks about in Ephesians. It was funny. Talked about spirit, the armor of God. There are spiritual things going on in this unseen world that we don't even realize. And when you're praying, and let me just say this, especially when you're praying for a move of God or you're praying for somebody's salvation, there is a spiritual battle that is going on. We war against evil spirits, against powers in this heavenly realm. And, uh, and we don't even think about it because we don't see it. But, you know, I, I want to reference Daniel fasted for 21 days for an answer from God. 21 days, three weeks. He was asking, he was seeking, he was knocking. And on the 21st day, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and told him, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. Let me just say, some of you guys need to hear that. You may have been knocking. Can I tell you, God heard your words the first day. He heard them, and he's responding. He goes, I have come in response to them, but check it out. The prince of the Persian kingdom, this is a spiritual force here, resisted me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief prince, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. These are all spiritual forces that he's talking about here. Not the actual king of Persia. He goes, now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. So he prayed. God heard from the beginning, but it took 21 days for that answer to come. It's a process. We can't give. Can you imagine what would have happened if Daniel quit on day 20? Yeah, oh, well, I guess God forgot about me. We're exiled over here into Babylon. I guess it's over. I guess I'm not going to get the answer. No, he didn't do that. He kept on. He kept praying. He kept asking. He kept seeking. He didn't quit. And uh, I, like I said, I believe some of you have been praying for the same thing for years, maybe even decades. There's been something you've been seeking. I just want to encourage you today. Don't give up. I want to don't, don't stop knocking. Don't stop seeking. I think about my keys. When I lose them, uh, if I stopped halfway and like, well, I guess I can't find them, uh, that's not really an option, is it? You got to keep going. Get the same attitude with whatever it is. We got to get hungry. We got to get persistent. We got to like be bold and come into God's presence. Say, God, these are your promises, Lord. I'm hanging on to it. I may not see it yet. That's why I love that song. I'm gonna see a victory. You may not see it happening yet, but you keep warring in prayer. You're going to see that victory come. 
It may not look exactly like you think it's supposed to look, or it's definitely not coming when you want it to come. Right? How many of you have heard that God is never late in answering his promises, but he's missed a few opportunities to be early? Right? Think about that one for a minute, right? Keep going. God's going to answer it in his timing. His timing is always better than our timing. And can I stand at the door and trust that? Can I stand at the door and say, okay, God, I'm waiting for you. You deliver that answer however you want to deliver it, whenever you want to deliver it, but I'm trusting you for that. Amen? So let me read this uh, verse, and then I want to end the rest. Obeying his commands, God will respond. I believe that. He doesn't say, uh, ask and you might get. He doesn't say, seek and mm, if i got nothing else going on, I'll let you find it. No, he says these things will happen. And that's important. He closes this uh, teaching out. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Amen. Isn't that good? Why is that important? Because, and, and the one song that came to my mind was same God that we ring. You know, how many of you know we still serve the same God that answered prayers way back then? We look back on the miracles that God did, opening up the Red Sea for Moses. I mean, that's powerful. That's a, that's a symbol right there as well. Sometimes we've got a big sea in front of us. I don't know how I'm going to get through it, God. But listen, God can open up any situation in your life. God can open up any door in your life. And our prayer is that God open the right door. Don't let me jump through the wrong door. Don't let me kick a door down that I know is not my way. Lord, help me to be patient long enough for you to open up the right door. Uh, this song talks about how God helped uh, David uh, conquer a giant. You may have giant situations in your life that's too big for you. It was too big for David. But God helped him just like he can help you and I. Amen? So as we sing this, and listen, if we've got uh, our, our prayer team, I know we got several people missing, but uh, uh, I know Delton and Janet here, and Jim and uh, uh, Robin are here. Do we have, and Pastor Jack, would you mind praying for people? I'm putting them on the spot right here. And uh, <laughs> uh, Robert, if you guys can come up. What, if you need somebody to agree with you in prayer, how many of you know this is powerful to do? And as we're singing this song, I want you to let it uh, declare those words. Let it build your faith. Let God begin to build your faith again. Maybe you stopped praying for something some time ago. And God is saying, it's time to pick it back up. It's time to pick it back up. You gave up. You stopped knocking. But it's time to start knocking again. It's time to get back to that door. It's time to begin to seek. It's time to begin to take it to the Lord again. Amen? Amen. As they're singing, listen, if you need someone to pray with you, I'm just going to encourage you to, to come on up. And uh, we're going to believe. I'm believing. Listen, I'm believing that God is going to bring an answer. You may not see it today. It may be a 21-day thing. There may be a battle going on, but I believe the answer's coming. Amen. Amen. We're here to agree with you. Amen.